Welcome to LifeBeat. I'm your host, Chris Gast, Rights Life of Michigan's Director of Communication and Education. Joining us today is our Education and Events Coordinator, Catherine Kinsey. Welcome aboard, Catherine. Thank you. Well, uh, this ship is finally getting close <laughs> to sailing into the harbor. Yes. Uh, today we announced a target end date for, a petition, for the petition drive to ban dismemberment abortions. Um, so it's not a deadline because we're not telling people stop and send everything in and make sure you get it in by a certain date. Uh, we're telling people that Thursday, December 12 uh, is the day that you should stop gathering signatures. So you should be gathering signatures on today, the 21st, when we're recording it, yeah. and the 22nd, and every day between now and the 21st. And then and the 12th. Uh, <laughs> Oh man, December 12, December 12, December 12. And so on December 12, you're going to finish gathering signatures and either that evening or Friday morning, December the 13th, yes. you are going to send those signatures in. Either to mail them in the address uh, with, that's on the bottom of the petition or drop them off at a Right to Life Michigan office. We have offices in Grand Rapids, Lansing, uh, St. Clair Shores, and Wyandotte. So, Catherine, how's it feel to be almost done? Yeah, we're, we're definitely getting close. It's been a long journey. <laughs> a year, really, since we began yeah. planning it yeah, and true. thinking about it, because we began thinking about it the morning after um, Gretchen Whitmer won her election mm -hmm. uh, to be the governor. And we had a pro-life legislature, so we knew we had this uh, opportunity to do something like this. And so uh, we've been thinking of it planning it for, for for a year now and we've been gathering signatures for more than four months now mm -hmm. um, and we have uh, just over a month left but uh, the end of our 180 day window is December 23rd mm -hmm. and we need time to count signatures especially all the signatures that get mailed in on the end so that's why we're ending a little bit early mm -hmm. and uh, the reason it's not a deadline and we're not ending it now is we are not going to get the 400,000 unless we have a final strong push. Yeah. Uh, so if you look at a projection of what we have uh, now and what we know is coming in and then uh, a kind of poor, not a poor assumption, a a low ball mm -hmm. estimate of what we should be getting in when we, uh, now that we've said, you know, make sure you mail everything in, is uh, 363,000. So that's how many we would have by December 12th. December 12th, without an additional push at the end, uh, especially from people who haven't collected any signatures yet. And you may think to yourself, well, the legal requirement's 340,000. Uh, and 47. So uh, if you're going to have 23,000 more signatures than the legal requirement, you're good, right? Maybe not, though. Maybe not. Um, <laughs> so we go through an extensive process of checking all these uh, petitions. You know, they're checked pretty much three times through the process. Uh, but that is not always enough to find everything. And you can't always find stuff. Like you can't find 
uh, duplicates mm -hmm. uh, just by facially checking Although it. Although I actually did find a duplicate. You found a duplicate. <laughs> really? There were a couple pages apart as well. Oh wow, so that's I luck. I got really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're the you're the the queen of the petition drive. Um, so uh, other than Catherine's eagle eye. Um, <laughs> And you don't know if a uh, registered voter uh, didn't sign and whatnot. So basic stuff. And uh, if you look at our past petition drives, we've had success rates between 97% and 89%. And mm -hmm. so uh, that is a big variance, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So 363,000 signatures. If 89% of those are valid, Catherine, that does not equal 340,000. Right, right. So... We're asking people to uh, stretch themselves a little bit. Uh, you know, we have our affiliates who are out there in the field collecting signatures. Uh, so we're asking them to uh, increase their efforts. Uh, the real key is getting people who have maybe only circulated one or two petitions or have signed it and haven't circulated it to uh, go out and collect some more. So uh, based on what we have so far, uh, we have about that we can count 7,800 circulators. That's how many people have gone and collected uh, these more than 300,000 signatures mm -hmm. that we have right now. And so um, that's a very, you think that's a lot of people and, and volunteers getting involved, and it is. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you think of the, you know, hundreds of thousands of probably people who've already signed the petition. Yeah, a lot more could circulate. A lot more could circulate. And so in our announcement, we kind of gave some examples, you know, if, if all the circulators who've done it so far just went out and got a really paltry four more signatures, mm -hmm. uh, that's like a half hour of knocking on your neighbor's doors, uh, then that would get the uh, 37,000 kind of gap that we need to cover uh, between 363,000 and our final goal of 400,000. Uh, if every, you know, if people haven't circulated a petition before, uh, just get involved with our affiliates, and the easiest way to do that is go to rtl.org and click on the uh, volunteer link in the Get Involved menu at the top. Um, people want to get involved with their affiliates and help them out. All we need is an additional 150 signatures a week in every Michigan county these next three weeks. Yeah. That's not much at all. Uh, another count uh, that someone talked about was you know, basically we only need 200 people uh, to go around and gather, um, what, a petition? One petition a day. Yeah. That's it. Uh, so an hour of door-to-door -door mm -hmm. in your neighborhood. Uh, and door-to-door -door isn't always the best way to get signatures, uh, but it works. I've been mm -hmm. going door-to-door -door in my neighborhood just because it's my neighborhood and I'm mm -hmm. going to give everyone uh, I that lives near me a chance to do it. Um, there's other great opportunities as well to go find signatures, but uh, you know, the bottom line is we we're, we know we're going to get our legal limit of right. three hundred forty thousand. We know we're going to pass that. Uh, it's a certainty, but uh, what's not certain is if we're actually going to have enough valid signatures. Right. And so that's the bottom line. And so we're just encouraging everyone go to the petition drive website michiganvalueslife.org and uh, request a petition or two to circulate. Uh, if there's any uh, large groups, organizations, events, 
churches that you know of that no one has uh, circulated petitions at, mm -hmm. uh, by all means, you know, request more and, and take that on. It's not hard. Uh, a couple other things to touch on with that is, and this is a frustrating thing, Catherine, is signatures from July are mm -hmm. still being sent into the office even now in November. Yes. And so it's very frustrating to open up a batch of signatures and these signatures have been are two and three months old yeah. and we haven't had a chance to count them yet. Yeah. That's frustrating. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it is very frustrating. Um, typically at the end of every petition drive, you know, we have tens of thousands of signatures that come in that people have already collected but who aren't sending them in. And so, uh, so I know we said December 12th is uh, kind of the last day to gather signatures, but don't hold all your petitions and mail them into us then, because then we have just a few days to uh, check them. And, yep. and Catherine, you don't, we don't get paid <laughs> overtime for spending 80 hours in the office right. trying to count you know, those 50,000 signatures coming in on the last day, um, or however many it'll be. So make sure that when you're collecting signatures and you're out there, send them in as you complete them. We appreciate that um, because petition drives are hard, Catherine. Yeah, definitely. So I thought we'd just end uh, the petition drive talk and probably the last time we talk about the signature gathering on uh, the podcast, yeah. uh, I just thought that we would end with just kind of discussion of just the challenges that we've gone through because um, a lot of people might not be aware. I mean... So we've been planning it for a year, and the challenges for the petition drive have been yes. around for about a year, from, be <laughs> yeah. from before we even collected the first signature yeah. or printed the first petition. Um, so let me know if I'm forgetting anything. So uh, the petition drive law was changed, yeah, and then that was taken to court, mm -hmm. and then the change, some of the changes were overruled, mm -hmm. and then the attorney general had to write guidelines on how everyone needs to collect signatures. Uh, and so that was a mess. So not only were we changing the uh, the time-honored practices that uh, we've always done for gathering signatures, but that significantly delayed when yeah. we wanted to start. Um, and so that's why at the end here, we're in the crappy cold weather in mm -hmm. uh, November and December instead of finishing up in the nice crisp fall weather in October. Right. Uh, as was kind of the original plan. And so... That's been a huge challenge. Our legislature uh, was, you know, a little late in passing the bills, actually, uh, and then they never sent the bills to the governor. That's right. Uh, which is pretty frustrating. We've never completed a petition drive without actually sending the bill to the governor uh, to give the governor an opportunity to do the right thing and, you know, and pass petition drives, veto it. Right. And how many times have you gotten a question where people uh, think that the governor has vetoed it? Yeah, or just want to know when she will, yeah. Yeah, but she didn't veto it. No. Um, and, uh, you know, usually sometimes those vetoes will draw national media and whatnot. And uh, very important to put the governor on record. And our yeah. legislature didn't do that. Didn't get that Got consumed in this awful, horrible budget fight that's still yeah. kind of going on. Uh, so that's another thing. Um... And because of these late starts, uh, we were doing training for the petition drives without petitions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, volunteers, here's how you're going to gather petition signatures. Oh, by the way, we don't have any petitions for you right, right. now. We'll get them to you <laughs> later. 
Uh, that was uh, concerning, but uh, that's what we had to do to stay on schedule. Um, There's competing petition drive out there. Uh, you know, a petition drive to ban abortions uh, after the abortionist can detect a heartbeat. Um, we could talk for probably two hours about yeah. <laughs> uh, some of the things we've had to deal with because of the confusion in that, but we'll just leave it at, uh, you know, we have that other pro-life effort out there. Uh, a couple weeks ago, they said they only had 100,000 signatures, mm -hmm. um, which isn't a lot if you're going to try to collect, you know, 400,000 right. at least. Uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of those signatures were ones that we could have had for our petition and we'd right. be done by now. Right. That would have been nice. <laughs> um, so those are kind of the main, uh, things that have just been difficult for us to deal with. Uh, we've always had it hanging out there that, uh, you know, the petition drive, the attorney general's guidelines could be challenged in court, like True. in the middle <laughs> of our drive and, and mess it up. Um. We've had people just obsessed with the numbers and asking about numbers, yeah. which I understand. I mean, I'm a numbers guy, but we've never, ever given out numbers in a petition drive before, ever. Yeah. But this time, that was the number one question I think we've received. And so we did finally give a number to kind of reassure people. Right. Um, I think we kind of live in the social media era where we want to see the light count. We want yeah. to see how our post is. <laughs> we want to see how we're doing. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to just put something out there and trust how it's going. Uh, attention spans in the social media era is tough, you know. Yes. Uh, we probably have three or 400,000 petitions still out there in the field circulating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have more petitions still circulate. Well, I don't know if we have that because we've gotten back uh, more than 50,000 petitions, uh, actual petitions themselves. Um, but, I mean, we almost have as many petitions still circulating out there uh, as we have had signatures turned in. Yeah. So if um, every blank petition came back with one, one signature. One signature, yeah. Uh, we'd because be great. We had uh, just the amount of people that called because it was right after the New mm -hmm. York stuff um, and uh, wanted to get involved and people requested, I'll, I'll go out and get 50, I'll get out and get 100. Um, but a lot of those haven't come back. Yeah. So sometimes we have people come back and turn in signatures and then turn in a slew of blank petitions. Right. So, uh, which we understand, you know, some people might bite off more than they can chew, caught up in the passion of the moment. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just tough in this day and age to keep people focused on something for six months, mm -hmm. um, particularly when we're not giving out numbers and we're just telling <laughs> yeah. people to get to work. So, so that's uh, pretty much going to be the end of the petition drive. We have three weeks. The challenge before us is uh, collecting an additional 37,000 signatures on top of what we have, what we have coming in. Uh, to, so we make sure that we have that 400,000 number, and that way we know when we turn the signatures in to the Bureau of Elections that uh, we don't think we have enough, we know we have enough. Right. And then um, after that, then we can talk about, you know, the legislature will have to vote on it, and then Planned Parenthood and the ACLU will challenge it in court, of course. So right. that will continue, but yes. uh, the grassroots <laughs> job will be done on December 12th. Yes. And again, uh, go to the Petition Drive website, michiganvalueslife.org, uh, to request petitions and for information on that. All right. So uh, a couple other things I thought we'd talk about today. Uh, one uh, was an article in The Guardian called The Rise of the Antinatalists. 
Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> uh, instead, we'll talk about uh, some comments that got a, a little news coverage, but not very much. Mm -hmm. So um, in Michigan, we had uh, our state Senate Majority Leader, Mike Shirky, mm -hmm. uh, compared abortion to slavery in comments, saying it was an injustice on that sort of scale. And then our U.S. Senate candidate, John James, uh, said abortion was genocide. And we actually got contacted the Right to Life Michigan office by reporters for comments on this mm -hmm. because the uh, state Michigan Democratic Party uh, released those quotes from events uh, because, you know, what, what political parties do is they send, uh, they're called trackers to these events and the trackers record everything that's said. Uh, mm -hmm. And so if you say something that the other side thinks is controversial, they have you on tape and they'll release it right. and... and um, you know, that's politics. Both both parties do that. Uh, and uh, they thought they had a real gold mine there and released <laughs> those comments yeah. and, and thought that that was going to blow up and everyone's going to get mad. But crickets are kind of chirping. Yeah. So I thought we'd talk about it. You know, is it okay to compare abortion to slavery? Is it okay to call abortion genocide? Um, what do you think, Catherine? Well, I, I mean, I think that they're fair comparisons. I mean, it, it's a huge injustice for sure. It's talking about human life and devaluing it. So, yeah. I would agree. Uh, and I would say that, you know, if you're talking to someone who says they're pro-choice or I support abortion, then uh, that might not be a right. great way to get their attention in a conversation. And so... Um, we don't typically talk about it in that way. Um, we kind of more focus on the numbers, kind of like the data that, you know, anyone can use to base off conversation. Um, not that those events, you know, Mike Shirky, Senator Mike Shirky and John James weren't actually talking to people who support abortion. Right. Um, and so if you're using a conversation, you might not want to use those because, you know, you're trying to get the person's attention and not put them off. But... Um, as far as can you do that, then I would agree that you can. Yeah. And then I think just one statistic will kind of help illustrate why both uh, uh, both Shirky and, and John James, you can't just say James, you got to say John James. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why John James um, are fine to, to talk about it that way. And that's when you consider the fact, Catherine, that since 1973, more black lives have been lost to abortion than every single other cause of death known to man combined. Yeah. That's cancer, mm -hmm. heart disease, dementia. Uh, we talk a lot about opioid overdoses mm -hmm. now, suicide, car accidents, crime, medical mistakes. Yeah. Uh, anything. Any way you can die. Um, <laughs> HIV and AIDS, yeah. um, renal failure, diabetes. I mean, you put them all together and you can't, it doesn't even come close to the number of uh, black lives have been lost due to abortion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Except that, in this office, do you ever hear about that? No, it's never talked about. No, I never hear it talked about. Um, the think about that. So, you know, we... And the news is focused a lot on um, police violence, and, mm -hmm. and you know we're not going to get into the specifics of that one way or the other. But you know the amount of lives lost to abortion, just overall, 
um, is just stunning. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the definition of uh, genocide is uh, the destruction of a group that's mm -hmm. targeted based on a, a mutable characteristic. So, uh, you know, in Rwanda, when one ethnic group kills the other ethnic group, that's genocide, right? Mm -hmm. um, if we were to round up everyone over the age of 90 and kill them because they're over 90, we don't want to pay for their health care, that's genocide because you're targeting a group based on a category and eliminating them. Mm -hmm. Well, Catherine, abortion is targeting a group of people, unborn children, Right. Claiming they have no moral status as a human being or that they aren't even human beings. They're right. subhuman, even though they plainly are human, and taking their lives. Yeah. And so um, while that not, might not meet the actual UN definition of genocide, uh, the word in general, as John James put it, that is genocide. Yeah. And when you look at the fact that, that uh, abortion is targeted at black communities... Uh, abortion facilities are located in urban and minority areas more than anywhere else. You know, the abortion industry knows where the bread's buttered. They know where mm -hmm. they're going to get their income streams. Uh, and they're targeting those communities. And it's, uh, you know, it's more than decimating. Decimating is losing 10%. You know, yeah. every single person that you can think of uh, who's African-American who has died since 1973 pales in comparison to the number of abortions in that community. Mm -hmm. So if John James wants to call it genocide, right. I don't think it's that controversial. Yeah. Maybe it's not the most polite way to talk about it in a conversation with someone you know disagrees with you, but that's what it is. Yeah. And so obviously when you look at that number and you compare it to slavery, slavery was a grave injustice. Um, it took many black lives. It reduced, uh, reduced them to a state of being unpersons or mm -hmm. human beings with no actual rights can be protected. Uh, I would say that's a fair comparison as well. Mm -hmm. And so when we asked about it, we didn't throw them under the bus or dissemble or try to apologize. Uh, we just said, yeah, that, those are perfectly fine comparisons. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you wouldn't use that yourself in a conversation. Maybe you might uh, take it a different tack. Um, but... 60 million lives, yeah. Catherine. It's the truth. That's the truth. And uh, it's sad that people are, that the uh, the Michigan Democratic Party, um, who, mind you, uh, African Americans uh, vote for Democrats in very large numbers, uh, as much right. as 90% or more. Um, they are more upset by Mike Shirky and John James pointing that fact out uh, than the point that their own core constituents, constituency group is just being targeted for elimination by the abortion industry. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. And sad. Yeah. So uh, if they want to give us an opening to talk about those abortion numbers, we're going to take them up on it all day, every day. Yeah. Because people don't know those numbers. Yeah. And it's very unwise on their part to uh, talk about that and gives us the opportunity to you know, expose to people what they are not being told about how bad abortion is. Yeah. Well. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we said we talk about this article in the Guardian called "The Rise of the Antinatalist." So, uh, as with many things in the media, you know, things get reported because they're weird and controversial, and, and they're not necessarily representative. 
But I think that this school of thought is more representative than we should be comfortable with. And that's the idea that these antinatalists believe that uh, human life is pain and suffering and that to exist is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. So anyone listening to this, you existing is horrible <laughs> to contemplate, I guess. And that therefore we should stop having babies, presumably abortion, sterilization, whatnot, and wipe out the entire human race. Yeah, that's it's kind of a scary worldview. <laughs> scary worldview, but not uh, certain elements of that um, are prevalent and even celebrated in our society, I yeah. would say. Um, just think of some examples, how we talk about dis disability yeah. and children with disabilities how their lives aren't worth living, mm -hmm. um, how we've kind of defined that you have to be a, a superstar a celebrity to even merit consideration of having a life worth living mm -hmm. and that, um, you know, anything else is bad. Yeah. So now there's something to it, Catherine, because you know uh, you've watched the movie The Princess Bride, right? Yeah. Yeah. When Wesley says life is pain, anyone who tells you <laughs> something different True. is trying to sell you something. Right. So you know life obviously has struggles, um, and uh, we don't want to get too philosophical about that, but uh, we would say that life is a good thing. Yeah. It's good to be alive. Yes. It's good when we don't kill people. Yeah. Uh, from their standpoint, I guess. Uh, I guess they aren't advocating for walking around and just killing everyone through nuclear war, but right. but really, what's what, stopping them? What, well, yeah, <laughs> what, what's what's actual? If, if, if in their mind to exist is to suffer, then um, what's holding them back from some sort of yeah. weird? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird to when you take it that far. It, it is, can. but but. I mean, there's nothing holding them back. Yeah. Once you accept the idea that, you know, to be alive is to suffer and that is bad and, and the only way to eliminate suffering is to eliminate the sufferer mm -hmm. um, and go a lot of bad ways. Uh, you know, we see that with uh, euthanasia and assisted suicide. Um, obviously with abortion, uh, you know, it, it's always, it, it grinds my gears to hear these arguments, but I do all the time that, Oh, well, that kid's just going to grow up poor. Yeah. As if being poor is worse than death itself. Yeah. And, and, that, uh, and that someone else gets to decide that for you. Mm -hmm. um, so this rise of the antinatalist thing, you may seem like some kind of goofy thing that this uh, British tabloid uh, paper is talking about, but I, I think it's worth being concerned about. And... We really need to ask ourselves, and you know, this is what we talked about, you know, the pro-life movement 20, 30, 40 years ago when we were opposing abortion, not only that abortion is bad, but once you accept abortion, that you are taking on all sorts of baggage uh, because you're accepting the belief that uh, human life can't be judged simply by the fact that it's a human life, but by some sort of quality or experience, uh, and that certain human beings can be counted as unhuman. Right. Yeah. So I, if I were the Michigan Democratic Party, <laughs> I would be more outraged that there are people out there who want to wipe the human race off the face of the earth than right. uh, John James being concerned about uh, the abortion industry, which is doing their own uh, mm 
Which, best uh, effort to wipe yeah. off a significant chunk of the human race off mm -hmm. of the face of the earth. But apparently that's where we're at in 2019. Yeah. So we would just encourage you that uh, uh, your life has value and meaning yes. and deserves legal protection. And, and that's why we exist is uh, because that's true for every single human life. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Life Beat. Join us again in two weeks. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Go Lions! Maybe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you again in two weeks.